Welcome to Change Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. I'm your host, first-class life mentor and certified profiting from your passions coach, Kate Fessler. My guest today is relationship expert, Carrie Newell. Carrie has been transforming lives and inspiring women around the world for 15 years by helping them create more loving, committed relationships with the men in their lives. Provocative and passionate, Carrie electrifies audiences with her keen insight into mastering communication between men and women in both personal and professional relationships. Carrie imparts her clients with a new understanding of the male mind and knowledge that will help them be heard, supported, cherished, and adored at last. Through audio trainings, workshops, live events, and long-term mastermind groups, Carrie shares her secrets for communication magic with men to help women make stronger, more positive connections, rekindle romance, and create relationships that support the life of their dreams. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you, Kate. So happy to be here. You have always been an entrepreneur, but it took you a while to find the right business for you. What were some of your early business adventures? (laughs) Well, I remember selling lemonade at the end of my street, which was very disappointing because I lived two and a half miles north of a major boulevard. (laughs) 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 That was one of my first business ventures. Um, Growing up, it always seemed like I was doing something. You know, I was selling my toys or I was, you know, selling Girl Scout cookies and, um, I had a business, I had a carpet cleaning company, actually, and um, that was not nearly as satisfying as I thought it would be, but I learned so much about business and customer service and just people in general. It was, um, it was a tough business, and yet it was a very rewarding experience, and I was able to build that up and sell it. Mm, awesome. So that was uh, one of my first businesses. And then I did, um, after that, I did a, I guess you'd call it a multi-level marketing type business. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that I wasn't very passionate about that either. Um, and then I started the business that I do now with my mom. And we're actually now in our 17th year. And when oh. I say our or we... Um, my mother, Dr. Sherry Zander, isn't really working in the business anymore. She's somewhat retired, still sees clients, and yet she was, you know, a huge part of creating this and building this, and it was so fun to do it together. Yeah, as you say, you founded Communication Magic with Men with your mom, Dr. Sherry Zander. How did the two of you decide to go into business together? (laughs) Well, you know, my mom was a therapist. She had gone back to school when I was young, and then she ended up getting her doctorate degree in psychology. And we both had this interest. Um, And the reason we had this interest about men and women and communication and relationships, um, well, firstly, it started with my mom writing her doctoral dissertation on male inexpression of emotion. Inexpression of of emotion. An expression of emotion. And I know a lot of women can relate to that. I know a lot of women are asking their men, you know, how do you feel about that? Or he never shares his feelings with me. Um, So that started way, you know, women have been asking that for a 
very long time. Mm-hmm. And so after that, uh, my parents went through a divorce. My grandparents had divorced. I got married when I was young, and I ended up five years later divorced. And so the question was, why does it start off so good and end so badly? Mm-hmm. Right? We don't enter into marriage thinking it's not going to work. We enter into marriage thinking this is the perfect one for me and it's going to last forever. <laughs> right. Right. And as so many women experience, you know, the pain, the hurt, the disappointment of what they thought they had um, and having that end in divorce and sometimes, you know, something really ugly and sometimes where there's kids involved. And so there's great ways to, I guess, make better choices if you're single. And then there's also the communication piece. You know, if you have the love from the beginning, there's a way to get back to that too. Mm. Well, that's good news. Yeah, that's the good news. So we started teaching women in my mom's home, um, 10 women at a time. And it was so rewarding and it was such a great time to experience back really before the internet <laughs> or when the internet was just getting started and being able to watch their progress and hear their, their wows and their wins um, in their relationships. And it was really, really profound. And then of course we started to take it online and have live events and things like that. So um, it's, it's Reach been a, a real interesting audience progression. Yes. The goal was always to reach more women. So you teach that there are physiological differences between men and women that complicate our communication with each other. Tell us (laughs) what is going on in the male mind? (laughs) Well, you know, there's three major differences that we discovered that we teach. And one of the major differences is the difference in our brain, really the way that we are created. So what goes along with that is the corpus callosum is the connective tissue between the left and right lobes of the brain. And while that doesn't sound very exciting, (laughs) you might get a little excited about it when you realize what that does in our communication. So for starters, we believe that our realities are the same right? So what we're experiencing is the same as what he is experiencing. Mm. And men also believe that, you know, women should be experiencing the same thing. So we believe that we should be interacting, responding, experiencing it all the same. Why wouldn't we, right? Mm -hmm. And yet it's so, so different. And so this connective tissue causes the major differences And knowing the differences is going to help you understand why he does the things he does, why he says or doesn't say the things that he says, um, why you don't get heard, why you don't feel listened to. Um, And so I can share a little bit more about that if you want. Um, Um, Yeah, well, as it relates to sort of... uh this, whatever you called it, the corpus callosum. (laughs) The corpus callosum. So there's a lot, and I'm not, I know we don't have time to share everything on here today, but. Yeah, it's kind of a high level. um, I will give you the best highlights that I can. Um, So what this does is it causes 
um, a lot of confusion between men and women. Men, most men spend most of their time in their left lobe thinking. And women, we have the way that our corpus callosum is. I say, um, never tell a man that his corpus callosum is smaller. You don't want to tell a man that anything about him is smaller <laughs> or small. <laughs> um, but we have a larger amount of connective tissue. And what this causes is for us women to be able to access our entire brain, which sounds really awesome and really great. Um, but it also has its challenges too. So we are able to think and feel and feel and think all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our our emotions muddy our judgment. And sometimes it's a lot, it's a beneficial thing. So it just depends. Um, for men, you know, if you ask a man how he feels about something, he will go into his right lobe figure out how he's feeling, go back into his left lobe, and then tell you from his left lobe how he's feeling. So usually by that time, most of us women are already upset and complaining because he's taken too long to answer the question. Mm-hmm. And we feel like he doesn't care and we take it so personally. And these poor men are just not used to being in their emotional side of their brain. They're not used to dealing with emotions. It's why we think they're so unemotional, uncaring, because they're in their logic most of the time. Mm, so if you notice mm-hmm. about a man and you want to know how he's feeling about something, the best way to get your answer is ask him what he thinks about it. Right. What do you think about this? And he's going to be able to more readily answer you and you can practice good listening and see if he pauses and comes up with something better um, or more. I shouldn't say better, something more. We often are so quick to jump in. Um, and if he tells you how he thinks about something, what he thinks about something, you'll really know how he feels. And, right. And as a, as a woman myself, I don't really want a man that is like a woman. And yet I know that so many of us are like, why is he like this? I wish he would be like this. But think about a man sharing his feelings, you know, oh, I don't really want to go to dinner with that couple. You know, last time we were out with them, it really, he really hurt my feelings. You know, <laughs> the other man really hurt my feelings. We don't really want this type of man. Most women, we want a man that's strong, that's decisive, that's hardworking. You know, we want a masculine man. Now, not everybody wants that, but I would say most women do. And yet we have to allow him to be that way. And Mm -hmm. so this brain difference brings on a lot of things. Um, Another thing that it does is it makes men very single focused. And there's, you know, there's equity in both of our brains, right? There's good and there's challenging. So there's not one brain is better than another. (laughs) But... This single focusness can be very frustrating, but it can be very um, rewarding at the same time. So uh, I remember one time, well, I'll remember this specific story when there was a Northridge earthquake and I was married and I remember waking up and, you know, the whole house was shaking and it was a terrifying experience. And I'm a pretty level-headed, you know, I don't 
go nuts, you know, over, you know, when there's an emergency, I'm pretty, you know, <laughs> calm and collect. Um, but I was severely frightened and I was in shock and, you know, furniture had fallen on us as we were trying to get to the doorway and it just was horrible. And so I was in this state of just kind of panic. And he, in his single focusness, not being in his emotions, was able to really be calming and logical. And it was so comforting. And yet that's an extreme example. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was really, really helpful. I mean, if I had a man standing next to me going, oh, my gosh, what do you think we should do? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. no, that's what I'm doing, honey. You've got to take up some other role here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and... Um, but in, you know, in day-to-day stuff, you know, a man's single-focused. So um, another big complaint I get is he never listens to me or I told him, we, you know, we were supposed to do this and he said he, I never told him. Um, I'm always having to remind him of things. And what happens is he's single-focused on something almost always. Mm-hmm. So he's single focused on watching the game. He's single focused on his computer. He's single focused on, you know, working on a task in the garage. He's single focused. And if you want his undivided attention, I have this formula <laughs> that I teach women. You want him to stop what he's doing and focus on you. That way, he, you have his undivided attention. Right. Now, Some women don't like this, but it really works. And when it works, you don't feel like it's a frustrating process. So you want to ask him, let's say you took your car into the shop and you want to tell him what the mechanic said. So he's watching TV. You say, honey, um, I want to tell you about what the mechanic said. When is a good time? You're kind of asking permission. That's the part that a lot of women have a hard time with. Mm-hmm. but you want to think of the result about how powerful it is for him to actually hear you. So you don't have to remind him. You don't have to be his mom. You don't have to worry if he's going to show up or not. Just get his attention. And he's going to say, yes, wait till the commercial, or he's going to say, sure. He's going to mute the TV and turn toward you. When he turns toward you, you have his attention. Right. So that's the first thing. Get his attention. The second thing is, Give him the bottom line of what the deal is. He's an adult. If he has more questions, he'll ask more questions. So you'd say, I took, when I took the car in, they said I need, it needs a new carburetor. I don't know anything about cars, but I know there's a carburetor <laughs> <laughs> in most cars. <laughs> I think that's not still all of true. Them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he might say, well, how much is that going to cost? You know, and you'll say, well, they want such and such, you know, and he, you know, so he'll ask and carry on the conversation. Now, you may want to ask him his opinion. What do you think I should do? Should I take it to a different mechanic and get a different, you know, price or a different, you know, opinion? If you ask a man's opinion, you've got to be prepared to take his advice. Mm. That's really, really important because there's so many things that we do that are kind of disrespectful. And while men are not emotional and we don't always know that we've really kind of insulted them by not taking their advice or their opinion or respecting their thoughts, ideas, and opinions. Um, but it's like this little degrade, you know, of, an, of a relationship. Like slowly you might be. 
And that's what causes men to do the things that we love so much less and less. And then we sometimes are in a relationship and we get to a point we wonder, how did I get here? What happened? So if you're going to ask his opinion, be prepared to take his advice. You know, don't set him up and say, well, should I take it to another place? And he'd say, yes, I think you should take it to, you know, my mechanic or the dealership. And then say, well, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. Like, why even ask? Well, what if it's so bad ask advice? or don't ask. What's that? <laughs> what if it's bad advice? <laughs> if you don't <laughs> like his advice, you can have a discussion. And there's a, there's a whole other way of going about that. But you really want to ask questions and be curious. Like, it, let's say he says, take it to the dealership. And, you know, the dealership's expensive. You don't think it's a good idea. The last time you went, you felt really ripped off. You know, you might say oh, yeah, the dealership would probably know best. And then you might say, and you talk from your feelings, I feel a little concerned about the how much they charge, though. Last time, it was just so outrageous. So oh. it's not attacking his idea. Right. When you talk about your feelings, like I feel uncomfortable doing that. But you want to give a, a positive response. So you want to say, you know, oh, yeah, the dealership would probably know, or, oh, that's a good idea, or I didn't think of that, something to acknowledge his advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you have a discussion. But, you know, again, if you're asking his opinion, be prepared to take his advice. Otherwise, don't ask. Right. You can share and you can tell him, you know, I took the car in and it's going to cost, you know, I don't know, $1,000 to be repaired and I may need a ride tomorrow to take the car in. Are you available for that? That's you making a decision. Now you, mm. you know, there's a whole other discussion on finances and when you talk about certain amounts of money in your relationship, but <laughs> uh, right. not, we don't have time for that today. <laughs> right. We don't want to digress too much away from the topic, but um, so you give them the bottom line and then you also want to, be prepared to listen. And, you know, practicing good listening is something that we are not very good at as women. And this is also part of our brain being different. We think very, very quickly. So we go from A to Z and they kind of go A, B, C, D, mm -hmm. <laughs> while they're going through and connecting and counting, you know, um, we're already at Z going, oh, that's never going to work. But we have right. to be able to let them do their process and let them respond. So um, it's super important. And then, you know, give a positive response is always important. If you give too much information, I know we've all experienced this. You say, well, I took my car in and you know, on the way there, there was the worst traffic, you know, that signal was out on, you know, on and on and on. And then when I got there, even though I had an appointment, I had to wait, I couldn't believe it. But the coffee was pretty good. You know, and we like to share all the details. That's the way we are as women. And men, we watch them glaze over, we watch them check out, we watch them. And we know that they're no longer really listening. Or they may be trying to listen, or they may even cut us off. So giving the bottom line when you're sharing information like that is really, really important. And so if you're going into a conversation and you're practicing this, you want to ask yourself, okay, what's the bottom line? 
If you've had an argument, you know, you want to be able to share from your feelings. You want to talk about how you're feeling. Um, if you're emotional, men don't know what to do with that. They just want, they want to know where the off button is. They want to run away from it. Um, and they say and do a lot of things that are very hurtful to us when we're emotional. And so we do have tools that help you get rid of those emotions. Not that you still won't be upset, but you won't be emotional. Um, right. And that way he's more available and willing to listen and have a conversation. So that's really right. key. Another thing you might want to say to him is, you know, men don't want to hear, honey, I need to, you know, we need to talk or I need to talk to you. When is a good time? Um, if he has no idea why you want to talk to him, let him know and you're not in trouble or, you know, tell him what it's about <laughs> because otherwise he may decide to avoid it. He may think, uh Oh, what do I do now? Or what, you know, it, it doesn't have to be so serious. You know, I think that um, humor in our relationships, um, we've lost the humor and the fun and things. And that's a whole other topic that I'm enjoying teaching more and more is how to use humor in your relationship so it's not such a heavy, heavy conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was working with a client the other day, and it was so funny. So she, her husband talks about a topic that's upsetting to her, and he doesn't, and he forgets that it's upsetting to her. And he doesn't want to do it, but he somehow ends up bringing it up, and sometimes they're in a group of people. So I told her to create like this, I call it a safe word, and it's not necessarily meant like to be sexual or anything like that, but it's just a funny way of saying, you know, come up with some word that you have that's giving your partner an idea that um, like kind of like you're doing it again or <laughs> yeah and um and it's funny, I mean, you know, if you're saying you know, cauliflower <laughs> in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> you can't help but laugh, you know. And if so, if it's lighthearted, it's, they're more apt to participate and want to do it. I mean, the same would be in reverse, you know, if we were trying to change something and they came to us and said, you know, you're always late all the time and I need you to be on time. And, you know, instead of this blaming blast, say, you know, I know that you have a hard time getting, you know, to be on time for things. And um, so I'm going to, you know, give you a time I need you to be ready, knowing that you're going to be late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and right. you may not know the exact time we need to leave now or something and just be fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it, we're, we're way too serious these days. That is very, very true. Well, that was fascinating. So we've got to take a short break now. But when we come back, innocent mistakes women make when communicating with men. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas, this year, August 3rd through the 5th, there will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you to transform your thinking from small to big. 
And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the eWomen Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Welcome back. You are listening to Change Redefining Success. I'm Kate Fessler, and today I'm speaking with relationship relationship mm, expert, Carrie Newell. Carrie, what are some of the mistakes that women make when communicating with men? Well, we've come up with seven mistakes. Um, I'm sure there's more, but (laughs) these seem to be the most challenging. And most women do most of these. And these were things that I used to do. And sometimes I still do. You know, it's not about perfection. So, um, some of these things are just really so easy to do and we don't know how they affect um, the men that we're communicating with. So I'm going to give you the seven mistakes and I'm going to give some details on a few of them. And uh, if you want to read more about them, you can get them as um, a free gift um, at, at our, our website, communicationmagicwithmen.com. So, Number one is you speak to him in the same way you speak to your girlfriends. And number two is you give too many details. I talked a little bit about that um, and what that does, and I'm going to actually elaborate on that one. Um, Number three, you interrupt him. We really miss out on a lot when we do that. Number four is you improve on his ideas. Why would that be a bad thing, right? Right. Number five is you fail to use curiosity as a tool. Number six, you give him a negative response. And number seven, you show a lack of respect. So going back to number two, you give too many details. So we know that if we give too many details, they glaze over and they're not able to really listen and hear us. Um, And it's, it's really interesting. Most men listen in a way that causes them to ask themselves, what is the point or what is the problem? Right. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious because when I think about sometimes what I share, there isn't a point and there isn't a problem. That's what they're listening for. So it's fascinating to know that that's what most men are listening for when you're sharing something. And Mm -hmm. you might just be sharing an anecdote about, you know, being at a shoe sale. (laughs) There wasn't really a point or a problem. It was just your day. Right. Um, But if you take too long to get to the point, you've lost them. So that's something to keep in mind. And men really, really appreciate this one. And I don't mean that don't ever share anything unless it's the bottom line. I mean, not don't be a robot. But when you're telling a story or you really want his undivided attention and it's important, give him the bottom line. Other than that, they love to hear about your likes, your dislikes. I mean, they want to know, they want to know you. They want to know how you're feeling. They want you to be happy. So, you know, just... The stuff that's important, give them the bottom line. Um, Another one that I 
talked about is, you know, men go A, B, C, D. They're more like an, their brain is more like an adding machine. And we operate more like a computer. We gather this information. We process it very quickly. And what's interesting, though, is a man can, like an adding machine, you know, has the tape. And they can go back and they can show proof of how they got to a certain answer. Whereas sometimes, I mean, we don't have that tape going, but we might get to the same answer or what we think is the right answer much more quickly. Um, So it's not such a bad thing. But... When a man is processing, he often pauses before he completes his thoughts. And that's when we pop in and continue the conversation thinking that he's finished. And he's mm. not. And, we, and when we take the time to be a good listener, we learn so much more about him. Because he will pause, dig a little deeper, share a little bit more. Um, and I know that we're all so busy. So this one can be challenging. But sometimes men feel cut off. Their brain works differently than ours. Mm. And you may have a man who has a very fast-moving brain, but there still might be more that he wants to share and he's being cut off. And it's those, we learn so much more about a man, these little gems of information, when we give them the opportunity to share it. Mm. So practicing good listening and not interrupting him is... It's pretty amazing. You'll have really interesting results. Um, okay, so talk about talk about improving on his idea because, like you said, was, like yeah. what's what? Well, how could that be a bad thing, right? You're like you're collaborating. You're like, oh, that's great, and you know, it's like the improv. Yes, and right. Um, yeah. So how does that get us into trouble? So, you know, I talk about how important it is to respect a man's thoughts, ideas, and opinions. And just to give you an idea of how important this is to them, you know when you get really dressed up to go out with your man, and you've maybe bought a new dress, and you've spent all this time, and you maybe got your hair done or your makeup done or something, or maybe none of that, but you have taken the time to look nice. And when he says, wow, you look amazing. Oh, you're beautiful. What a beautiful dress. Oh my gosh, have you lost weight? Right? All these things. And we just kind of beam and we feel so special and we feel so good and we feel kind of puffed up and confident and so adored, right? Now, when we respect a man's thoughts, ideas, and opinions, that's how he feels. Now think about when you don't get those compliments. You've made all the effort and he's like, all right, you ready? And you're like standing there looking gorgeous and he's looking at you, asking you if you're ready and he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Imagine how that feels. It's like a little part of us just crumbles inside and we're resentful and we're hurt and we probably don't say anything and we get in the car and we go, Right. Well, a man, when we disrespect his thoughts, ideas, and opinions, he feels like 10 times worse. I can't tell you that his brain is his second favorite organ. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't do classes on his first favorite organ, but I know all you ladies know what I'm talking about. (laughs) It's so important, and yet men aren't even aware. Like they feel... 
you know, a little insulted or a little hurt or a little angry or upset about something we may have said or how dismissive we were or something we've done. And they don't say, oh, my gosh, she's disrespected my thinking. You know, they're not, that's not what they're thinking, but they're feeling terrible. So when we right. they're, they're not even man, aware, right? Yeah, no, they're not. They just know it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So improving on his ideas, this is one of the biggest challenges I've seen with women today. Because we're smart and educated and fast thinking, and we have unbelievable skills, like I talked about our brain moving so fast like a computer, and it allows us to multitask and problem solve. And so just like interrupting, when you have a way to help or improve on his thoughts, ideas, or opinions, it's just so easy to share them. We think we're helping. And again, what's the problem with that? Well, he isn't getting the respect he needs for what he's sharing. Your response with a new plan means that his plan isn't very good. Mm. Even if he asks for your opinion, his response to your help may be a negative one. And so in a way, without even knowing it, sometimes he sets us up. You know, he's working on his business and he'd say, you know, oh, I just got a new logo done. What do you think about this? So he's asking for your masculine opinion. What do you think about it? Yeah. And you say, oh, gosh, you know, maybe he's been working on it for a long time or whatever. We don't even know. And you say, oh, gosh, you know, it looks a little cartoonish. Or if it were me, I would, you know, blah, 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 blah. I would do it differently. Or you need to do this, this, and this. I thought we talked about it. Or, you know, we, we negate instead of saying something positive. It doesn't mean we have to agree. Um, You know, when it comes to asking opinions about, especially things about their business or their work, I try to stay out of it Um, because I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be in that position with the man in my life. I don't want but to help do, him run his... how do you dance around that? So if they ask you specifically, what do you think? Or they come to you and say, uh, you know, I'm doing whatever it is. And, and they do specifically ask you for your input. Right. Like, how do you... Because it seems like saying, I don't want to get involved would be just no, as... Right? right? <laughs> you definitely don't say, I don't want to get involved. This might start an argument, right? <laughs> Right. Um, well, there's a few things that I say, and you can decide what feels best for you. Um, I might say, well, gosh, what do you think? So I'm curious. I'm asking a question. And he'd say, well, I like this logo better than the last one. Or, you know, they worked really hard on it. And I kind of like that it does this or that. It gives you more information, mm-hmm. right? And then if he says, well, what do you think about it? You can say gosh, that seems like a great choice because he's happy with it. I see. So find out what he thinks first and then... You can do that, yes. Or you can say, gosh, I don't know. It looks good to me. You know, what do you think? So you've already given your answer. Or sometimes I'll say, I mean, and us women, we have opinions about everything. But sometimes I just don't share it. I say gosh, I don't know what I think about that. Or that's not really my expertise, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm not so good at, at, um, at logos and things. You know, what did your 
coach think or what did you, you know, um, I just try not to get involved. Now I will listen, you know, like what if I remember someone was in a, I was dating someone and they were in a partnership with somebody and they were having all these problems and, you know, I just said, oh gosh, that's so tough. That's so terrible. Oh geez, what are you going to do? You know, of course I had an opinion on what he should do. Right. <laughs> I thought I had the solutions to, you know, everything he was going through. But it just didn't, it doesn't pay off. If you're doing something where you're in the position of being the mom and you're schooling him or giving him advice, it makes it really tough. It changes the dynamic of the relationship. And I know all women don't agree on this. Like, hey, I'm a smart woman and my husband or boyfriend respects, you know, that I'm smart. He knows I'm smart. And if he asks my opinion, then he must want it. And that's right. okay. <laughs> but what will happen is there'll be a little less romance. There'll be a little less of him listening to you. There may be a little less of him coming to you. Um, you're going to have a little less of a man that feels confident and good and strong um, you know, these things that we want men to be, and without even knowing it, we kind of tear them down. Mm. So it's a choice. You know, it's not about playing dumb. It's not about, well, if he's asking, he must want it. Well, yeah, he wants your opinion, but he doesn't even know that once he gets his opinion, then, oh, there's advice from her again. He doesn't know why it doesn't always feel so great, or we don't know why then he's a little less of a provider or he does less things or feels less confident. And mm. and these are the reasons why. Interesting. So these are great strategies for with our romantic partners. But um, let's say we're having some trouble with a male bo boss or a coworker or even a client. What are some things that we should be thinking about in a professional context in communicating with men? Great question. Yes, these tools work with all men, um, the romantic parts aside. So if you didn't use the word honey <laughs> or sweetie, or, <laughs> right. um, you still want to practice these principles of respecting his thoughts, ideas, and opinions. So it's practicing the good listening. It's being curious. It's, you know... And in a work environment, you know, they're going to ask for your opinion. And a phrase that I like to use that kind of keeps you um, in a good space is, well, if it were me, I would ba -ba 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 -ba, mm -hmm. and give your answer. Because it's not about, you know, at work, you're all there to get a job done. Sometimes you're in competition. You want to look good for the boss, but you don't want to insult the boss. And then you're just giving your opinion without making their opinion wrong, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, Instead of, well, you should or we should. Just Yeah, if I wouldn't do it that way. Or, well, if you do it that way, this is what's going to happen. You know, we're, our brain is going from A to Z and they're not even seeing it, right? Right. So I have had clients for sure come because of um, work-related, you know, either a really difficult male boss or difficult, you know, male employees that they were in charge of and with great results, just amazing. I mean, why not lift men up? They don't nearly get the respect that they need, most men, unless they're highly successful at work and, you know, that's their drive. They're competitive. They want to be good protectors and providers. 
And we want to fuel that. And all the while, I think we believe that if we give them too much fuel, too many kudos, too much building up, that they're going to get a big head and they're going to you know, take over and have some kind of big ego. And it works just the opposite. I mean, a man is just going to cherish, adore, and make you feel irreplaceable. And you will be irreplaceable to them if you're able to use the tools that we teach and we share. So what would you say to women who, like you were just saying before, you know, I'm smart, I'm, I'm competent, I have opinions, I'm a successful person in my own right, and I shouldn't have to alter who I am or how I communicate in order to get what I want. And it feels really inauthentic to maybe implement some of these strategies. What would you say to that? Right. Well, I have a whole lot to say to that, but I'm going to bottom line it <laughs> for all the masculine women out there that'll appreciate that. Um, there's a couple ways to look at it. When we drive a car and we, you know, the light's green, we go. That works well for us. It keeps us safe. When it's yellow, we either speed up or we slow down, depending on what kind of driver you are. Right. And when it's red, we stop. So sometimes women say, oh, it seems like a game or it's inauthentic. Well, it's a way of having the type of relationship that you want. It's being in your feminine. It's being smart in the way you communicate. It's a choice. You can run red lights or stop at green ones all day long, but the type of interaction you're going to have with others are going to be really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, is that as a woman, you're so powerful. You have the ability to change anything you want in your relationship. You can draw a man to you or you can push him away. It's why I only work with women. And in the beginning of our business, we worked with men too. And I found that while they were so fascinated by what we would teach them, there wasn't much they could go home and do that would change the actual dynamic of the relationship. So if you have this power to change the way you communicate with a man and then he changes the way he responds to you, and it's a win-win, why wouldn't you? To me, it's like your superpower. Yeah. If you think of it as a game, or if it seems like too much work and it's not worth it, maybe the relationship isn't worth it. To me, there's nothing better than having a relationship where this, this, ugh, I can't even find all the right words. You're on the same team. You feel supported. You feel understood. Um, you're cherished, adored. You feel irreplaceable. All these things that I've already said. But imagine what that feels like. And then the opposite, I think most women have experienced that too. The hurt, the anger, the disappointment, the opposition, the fighting. And it affects everything we do when we're not in harmony with our man throughout our entire day. So, so true, so it's a true. Choice. It's a choice for sure. So what is, this is something I ask everyone, what is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people? Mm. There's actually two and they're written by a couple. <laughs> so I'm squeezing in two. Um, okay. One is called Wild at Heart. And it's by John Eldridge. 
Um, it's all about men, and it's so fascinating. So men love reading this book, but women, when they read it, they really understand men. It's quite deep. Hmm. And then I believe um, his wife, Stacy, and he may have been an author on this one too, Captivating, is about women. And so you might think, well, I'm a woman, I already know about me. But when you read it, it's just, it's so yummy to know how special we are. And it's very, it's very awakening. I guess it really helped me tap into my femininity and how powerful that is and how sweet that is. And, you know, you don't need your man to read Captivating so he understands women or anything like that. Um, But I think it'll really help you have this desire to want to develop this feminine side to yourself, this, you know, loving, patient woman that, you know, he wants to protect and provide for and cherish and adore. So those are two books I really, really recommend. And if your man's a reader, he may love reading them as well. Fascinating. Great recommendations. So you have some free gifts on your website, uh, communicationmagicwithmen.com, for women who want to learn more. Tell me about those. Well, I have the seven mistakes women make when communicating with men, right? And so that's a PDF. And then you're going to get also an audio, and it's with Dr. Sherry and I, what's going on in the male mind. And that's going to give you more insight about you know, our differences, some of the things that um, I touched on today and more. So I would love for you to visit there. And I'm also going to be offering a program that I have never done this before, but it's a membership program. It's called Get Your Ship Together. (laughs) 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 Navigating Your Happily Ever After. And it's for women in relationships, and it's for single women, and it's all about understanding men and getting your questions answered. So if you want to learn more about that, communicationmagicwithmen.com forward slash ship, as in sailing, S-H-I-P. as in Paul, yes. Paul, yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and expertise today, Carrie. I am going to try to implement some of these strategies tonight. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Please leave a comment on the show page and share the podcast with your friends. Next week, I'll be talking about one of my favorite subjects, travel, with my guest, Karen Duncan. Karen has been the owner of Peaks Cruises and Tours for 22 years and specializes in vacation planning, group planning and management, romantic getaways, milestone travel planning, honeymoons and destination weddings, fundraising through travel, incentive and reward program development, seminars at sea, group leader and travel agent training. She's also a speaker specializing in vacation planning for any time and financial budget, becoming a happier you, the vacation connection, and is a fellow podcaster on the EWN Podcast Network. Karen also founded Adventures with Autism, Down Syndrome, and Epilepsy, a 501c3 to provide respite vacations for families with special needs in 2016. I hope you'll join me. Until then, here's to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success.
I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at ewnpodcastnetwork.com.